This is Ken and Curtis, live from MGM Springfield for Red Sox Winter Weekend on WEEI. It's the Ken and Curtis Show on location. Always dangerous to take Curtis on the road, <laughs> but there you are, hopnobbing between breaks. Yep. You say you're not social, but you're actually, well, you, know, you put on a good show. I'm not. I'm. I. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm not anxious about everything in life. No, it's great. People. What are, are people awesome. saying to you? What are they getting any uh, feedback? They said, "Is Ken really that big of a dink?" I said, "Sadly, <laughs> he's bigger." <laughs> uh, no, they. Uh, lots of Wiggy love. Wiggy is the straw that stirs the Greg Hill Show drink. Yeah. He's just people. I mean, people here have been equal parts enraged at his dismissive nature regarding grinders as a sandwich. <laughs> Everybody wants Which to know, are huge in Springfield, I heard yeah, yesterday on the yeah, show. People want to know why, what Wiggy's doing at all times. And I say, I haven't the, I haven't the foggiest clue. But we should have a Wiggy cam all the time. That oh, would be uh, good. <laughs> by the way, the highlight of the week of the Greg Hill Show, from my perspective, was not um, anything other than Greg Hill reporting that Mrs. Wiggins said that Jermaine <laughs> way overplays the amount of lovemaking mm-hmm. going on yeah. in the house. So. Yeah. That was a uh, that that, <laughs> that was got a, awkward. Tolina, Mrs. Wiggins, is the nicest human being in the world. I was talking to her at Preach. the um, at the bowling, <laughs> the bo- not the bowling event. What was it? Yeah, the uh, the company event or at uh, event. at the Apex in Marlboro. And I was so curious because I always loved like what was the behind the scenes like. So you're at the snowball. This your husband's having this moment that will live on and create a career and a life that you would never imagine. Mm-hmm. She's like, I was wet and freezing cold. <laughs> and then they were at the, uh, obviously everybody went to the uh, New Orleans Super Bowl, which was one week, not two, because of 9-11. Obviously, we had always, that game is always, mis- like, people remember the kick, they remember the snowball. They don't remember the fact that they gave up a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, and everybody thought they were going to lose that game. Yep. I was in Norwood oh, yeah. at Steve Valer's house. We were all watching, having the great time. And she said that she wanted Wiggy to stay in New Orleans after that game. Because they had family that came and all that stuff. And he's like, no, we're going home. We're going to the parade. And then she said it was the one argument I let him win. Yeah, and they went. And that, that parade, that was my senior skip day in high school. How many people were at that parade? Oh, I mean, I've never Four seen million? anything like it. And it was City Hall Plaza. Yeah. It's so weird because it's security reasons why the parades, which we've had, however, 12 in the last 20 years, that they used to be everybody would, you know, people would line the route on Boylston to City Hall Plaza. And then the team or the players would get up on the dais and the whole city was down. And so in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, where you would anticipate the security being the most stringent, we had that. And then that just disappeared, and then we had the rolling rally. But Quick th- aside on that, or maybe not an aside, a segue. You have 12 parades, four of them from this Red Sox team where Winter Weekend Fan Fest is happening. Right. And it is unbalanced in a way. Four when one would have sufficed. Everybody in right, 2003 right. said, if you give me one in my lifetime, I will never have John Henry buy a drink. But if you got John Henry and Tom Werner and uh, Larry Lucado in a private, honest moment, do you think they are stunned at the blowback they get despite winning those four? So a Not that they could ever say that. A nice gentleman in a Benintendi jersey while I was peeing was saying they had to anticipate that. <laughs> Might have been Andrew Benintendi. It might have been, yeah. Actually, it was um, – anyway, so no. And he said, do you, you think they had to anticipate that? And I said, the richer you are, the less self-aware you become. It is the most – in every walk of life, people are just – they're surrounded by people who agree with them because the people around them want more of their money. So they're very rarely confronted with the raw reaction of decisions they make, especially in the financial realm. So while I think it's logical to presume that they 
even John Henry understood the frustration. I do not think that John Henry was expecting to be booed. No. So no. who deserves to be booed? If you're, now, if you're a fan, you can boo anybody you want. Yeah, obviously, you feel how you feel. And Sam Kennedy didn't shy away from that when he joined us last hour. But if you were a fan here at the Mass Mutual Center last night, do, would you have felt like, yes, they deserve to be booed? As you've said, your criticism is of the mixed messaging for Bogarts. So, yeah. so who would you boo of those four on stage? I, I, John Henry is responsible for the Red Sox organization. He owns it. So, of course, he deserves to be booed if you feel that the team is worthy of boo. Uh, I don't. The one guy who is a beyond reproach for me is Cora. And the reason, and this is why the messaging works so well in explaining what happened yesterday. It's not that Cora is this infallible manager. It's not that he's brilliant and makes a million great uh, decisions. We all know he made some pretty big mistakes with the Astros in here. But he is a guy that wears it on his sleeve. He looks and feels the way Red Sox fans do when the team loses. And that is why it resonates. You can't create that. You can't build that in a lab, and you can't pay for it. Passion, like in our field, if somebody goes to work every day and they're like, yeah, you know, I guess the Red Sox played. Well, I have to talk about it. Like, nobody's going to listen to you. You're going to fail. So if, you, if you're doing something, do it with everything you have and be honest. If you have passion, don't hide it. It's a good thing. And so the reason why Alex Cora, and that's the other thing the Benintendi jersey guy said, I'm glad Cora was absolved from this because the fans relate to Cora the way that fans, you know, relate to Pedroia or Ortiz with the, this is, what, what is the most important moment of Ortiz's career? It was not even in a game. Mm-hmm. Well, this you, is you, our could argue, you could argue that. He's had some big, hits, big but, postseason hits. But if you think right now, if you're sitting in your car and you think David Ortiz, you think Tiger is, Series, cop, center field. Okay. If you could work with me for a second. Right center. You absolute pain in the ass. So it, it, well, it's just not factual. It, okay, well, as if you're from Boston, raise it's, your hand. Okay, I can talk about this. Thank you. Went to college here, lived here twenty years. Yep. Okay, I went. To, I lived in England. I'm not British. So you lived there two years. And you bring it up ten times more often. It's 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 a pretty interesting fun fun fact about it's me. Not really. So, um, you think of David Ortiz. This is our effing city. <laughs> you do. And I would agree. The Top reason three. the reason that is is because it was raw. It was us. It was a moment where we were angry and hurt and mad, and we wanted to get back to our life. But and, Bloom, on the other hand, tries to connect with the fans, and it's not. That's the like, word. You can't do it. You can't try. It is or it isn't. Yeah. That's but why. You what's should, he supposed to do? Just not talk. It's like no. last night he, he got vociferously booed. And by the way, did you notice Sam brought up Schwarber? I think that's interesting. The fact that he kind of admitted. Boy, I would have liked to have had Schwarber here, too. Schwarber is like having Patricia and Judge be your offensive coordinators. It's not defensible. So no matter how many times you talk about it. <laughs> well, they, that's what I mean. Do they do they sort of all look at Bloom like, hey, we should have, why, why didn't we keep right. Schwarber? That's the example where you don't have a calculator that can dictate what you are. Yeah. You saw what he resonated with the fans. You saw that he succeeded in the playoffs and that he wanted to be here. Well, Nick Pavetta is coming up to join us right now, one of the anchors of this Red Sox rotation. Ken and Curtis Show here at WEI at Winter Weekend in Springfield, Mass., and we'll get uh, Nick a headset here saddled in. And, uh, by the way, you can join us, 617-779-7937. But here's Pavetta. Now, Nick, can we ask you about your health? I, I, this may be a jinx, but your remarkable durability, 30-plus starts, just do you, like, not want to talk about it or to, to, for potential jinx scenarios? Or do you, not, or, or do you, you know, do you take joy in it? Like, do you, do you like crow about it in the offseason because it is amazing you've never been hurt 
I think you're on the right one. I think I think for me, um, I think it's just all about my off-season training. Um, I have a tremendous uh, strength coach who I met back in 2019, Matt Uhara. I uh, found him out of my agent, found him out of California, works with a bunch of other guys. And I think just the training regiment that we get on, you know, the consistency of that and then being able to consistently move through uh, seasons and, and learn that process is the biggest thing. And repeating that process and then staying healthy is, is good. But uh, talking about it, no, I think I'm, I'm in control of my own fate. I'm in control of what I can do. And if I put in the right work and everything should work out perfectly fine. But what is this workout like? Do you, do you share it with other? You should put this in a book. TB12's got the method. What I is mean, the Nick Pavetta I mean, method? No, it's, it's, it's all Matt Uhara. He's, he's, he's very, very extraordinary what he does. It's a lot of movement-based, um, specific to my pitching mechanics and our relationship that we've developed over the years. It's three, four years going on now. So I think it's, it's getting on that regimen, but also the communication, the relationship to further... Uh, help me produce during the years and, and continue to stay healthy. So, Nick, you grew up in British Columbia, mm -hmm. and you begin in playing baseball in Philadelphia and Boston. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a bigger culture shock from going to the nice, <laughs> polite world of Canada to Philly and then Boston. How has that been for you? Not that polite. They rioted after the Bruins Cup win. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember I remember that, too. Were that you was, there? No, I was not there. I was on the island. I was Sorry, far I, away. I, but, just so you know, Nick, yeah. everything I say he has to disagree with, even if it's not directed <laughs> at him. So no, carry it's on. Oh, good. But, um... You know, I think growing up in Philly or coming up with Philly was was really interesting, and you know, it, it is a rich baseball culture there as well. They do have a, a very um, opinionated, opinionated, but also strong fan base. Yeah. So it's cool. And then being able to come over to Boston as well, it's it's just as strong and just as passionate. But there's there's common courtesy to it. There's the there's the you know the wantingness to, to everybody to kind of come come together and, and win as an organization but also as a fan base too and you know it's been nothing but you know great things being here walking around the city interacting with the fans um you know i think i, I love to do that i love to meet the people um be here for them just as much as they're for us during the year one thing i would associate with you on the field is passion i mean you are a super nice guy well-spoken all that but on the field mm -hmm. it's the glove over the mouth sometimes covering up the words uh, has that always been part of your dna yeah i think i think I, I wear my emotions on my sleeves at times you know sometimes it can get me in trouble sometimes you know it gets me through some things but you know i think with what i put into it every single year i just care i care a lot about about the guys on the field i care a lot about the organization and putting my best uh, foot forward at all times um you know anytime that you know i take off I, I don't i don't want to because i feel like i'm falling behind so you know these people show up for us every single tonight every single night and we want to show up for them every single night and i think that's what really helps us and drives us what are like the top moments with players opposing players have you ever had some awkward like you're showing emotion, have they fired back at you? Have you? Yeah, I mean, I think I had that thing with uh, Yadi Diaz that I thought mm -hmm. was really weird last last year. Um, um, kind of caught me off guard, and then I I hit Kirk last year as well on the on the hand, and <laughs> I, f I forget the manager's name, but he came out, and got upset about me hitting hitting him twice or something, and you know I just didn't appreciate. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to go out there competing against really good hitters. I'm not trying to hit anybody. So anybody that take personal offense to me well i'm gonna i'm gonna tell them like no i'm not trying to do anything but don't get in my face it's my play it's what i have to do to compete against such good hitters i have to move the ball around and, you know i'm not perfect all the time accidents happen so we had chris sale up here earlier and goes without saying his importance to the staff and to everything what what does a healthy chris sale mean to you yeah. personally you know I'm, i've been with chris for two three years now um 
being able to learn from him and to help help him kind of move forward too is, is the relationship that we've built. But having him a part of the staff, you can kind of see what it does to other guys around as well. It gives them that extra boost. It gives them extra confidence seeing him and, and what he does because he's proven and he's done in the past so much and he works so hard. Everybody sees what this man's been through, kind of the adversity he's gone through. He's still there mentally strong every single day, pumping everybody up. You know, he's always lively, always ready to go. So just his overall presence around everybody helps everybody kind of achieve their goals. Nick Pavetta, our guest here on WEI. And how about the younger guys for you? Mm-hmm. Are you a mentor for Bayo and Whitlock and Hauk and some of these guys that are trying to break into the rotation? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, you know, I can learn from guys just as much as they can learn from me. I think experience rules all in baseball. And the more experience you have, the more experience you're able to share with guys to help them through those younger stages. Um, I think I think years the the years from one to three are very key development years, but it's also guys need to be comfortable and be themselves and know that they can be them genuine selves of showing up to the field and guys are gonna help guide them in, in the way that they need to, but also it's that communication level, it's that relationships and how, it's how we build our team. Like when did you take off or feel like you, you got it? You've arrived, you know I don't think I'm it. ever gonna <laughs> arrive. I don't think anybody ever arrives. I think I think if you if you're not taking in knowledge from everybody at all times then you know you're, you're hurting yourself i think every other guy has has something whether it's you know i'm talking to bail about you know if if maybe one day i need to learn how to throw a sinker hey how do you how do you hold your sinker or you know whitlock has an extraordinary change up if maybe one day i'm like hey i need to learn a change up grip how do you do this what do you do it's running it by everybody and you know for them you know what was it like back then when you were years one through three how can i prepare to get to this year how can i go ahead and throw a whole a whole year 180 100 200 innings and you know i can help them kind of develop or tell them what i went through to, to help them get to that point as well yeah how does it work nick in the off season obviously we find out news on twitter do you do you get alerted to either the good news of devers is staying around 11 years or the bad news that xander is going to the padres how do you when, when those things happen do you get a text or do you find out like we do? Um, you know, I, I think uh, the relationship that I built with Haim in the front office, it's, it's a little bit more of an open communication. I think with the players, too, it's, it's you know, they, they try to keep us in the loop as possible because it's our team as well. It's the team that we want to build as well alongside them. And we, we also play with a lot of other unique guys who we think that, you know, have uh, good opportunities and have helped us in our past and could help us in our, our goal with them. Um, Moving forward, I think a classic one is uh, uh, Justin Turner and Kike. You know, right. they played they play together, came up together, um, and they competed together. And he seems like he's going to be a perfect fit. Well, Kike, you know, was making made sure that he was up and open with uh, Haim in, in the front office about about possibly bringing that guy over. So I think anytime that there's open communication, I think we can all help. We all just want to help. We want to bring the best guys that we think can help us achieve our, our overall goal. Before we let you go, Nick, so this year is going to be defined a lot by the rule changes, the pitch clock, mm-hmm. the elimination of the shifts in the infield. Do you think we're talking uh, too much about it, uh, the baseball world, not enough? Is it a huge deal? No, I mean, it's all up to the league at the end of the day. I mean, there was I'm part of the union, so I'm very much having a, a lot of knowledge about that stuff, and all of the players uh, voted no for all of these rules. It's up to MLB to bring in these rules. We don't have control over the rules. We don't have control on what rules are brought in or what rules are brought out. Because I believe the the panel is like uh, we have four votes and the other panel has like five or six. So they're already, they're already outnumbering us to begin with. So any new rule anybody sees in the field, they do run it by us and we do give them our input but most likely, most of the time from what I've experienced, they don't really take it. So the, all these rules are just from MLB, and 
Whatever they do, they do. Obviously, so you're not thrilled to say it? No, I mean, I don't think anybody's really thrilled with changing a game and, and not really being able to have a, a certain say in it at the end of the day, especially if you're the one competing on the field and not a lot of input is put into that. So it's, it's kind of a dicey situation, but the league puts themselves in that situation all alone. I, I just I disagree so bad, so strongly on this. Why do you guys not want a quicker game? I feel like it, the attention span is so minuscule, mm-hmm. and the sport obviously the Red Sox are popular. You know, you're a good player. They like you. They want the team to succeed. But I watch the NFL, which is king. Mm-hmm. They have a competition committee that meets at the end of every year to look at things that they can tweak to improve it. Mm-hmm. In baseball, it feels like is is missing the fans that are tuning out. Okay. by continually deciding that there shouldn't be tweaks. Like, the 30 seconds to pitch a ball sounds awesome. Why, yeah, why is that fine, not but a... it's not 30 seconds. It's 15 and 20. Even better. Yeah, but how are you supposed to make... I mean, you think about the certain situations that we get in at certain times. Yes, 15 seconds is good when you're in the third inning and you got one out and you're ahead 2-0-2 in a count. It's nice. You have a nice early development or good. But what if you have runner second and third, one out, and you're in a 1-2 count and... You know, you're facing a certain hitter and you need a couple more seconds or you need that extra minute to think and to focus or you need not even that. You haven't even had the experience in the past of dealing with with a pitch clock, right? Because we're all just going to have to go into it, into the season and adjust to this day one. Right. I understand. Obviously, we get we get spring training, but to throw a rule at us and then throw something that isn't, you know, we even if we got it to where it was 20 seconds overall, I think that's like a common ground that we could have worked and we tried to explain that to them. But the fact that they didn't want to communicate or work with us is probably the problem that we have the most. It's not about the pitch clock. It's about the overall communication. Yeah, no, I hear you. And <coughs> baseball has had the, a very strong union that you guys have worked mm-hmm. many years to build and you should be commended for that. I just, as someone who's watched yeah. baseball my whole life, I, I, am, I am so excited that the sport is moving in the direction towards the fans' desires instead of away from it. So let me ask you a question. What if there's a ba- it's bases loaded, 3-2 count, and um, we're, we're on a, away, and say the pitcher is thinking or doing something, all of a sudden the time runs out, and, the, and it's a, a, a ball, and that guy wins the game. They win the game because of a pitcher doesn't make the time or the batter doesn't get his extra time out to think and you know he strikes out there are going to be negative consequences that occur in any change but i watch the patriots every sunday and they had like 16 delay games this year because they had two morons calling offensive plays and so that hurt them (laughs) on the field yeah but the the person you're going to be forced and chris sale and the you know garrett cole are going to be forced and charged with entering a game prepared for okay if it's bases loaded one and two against this this hitter you know Aaron Judge mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do mm-hmm. instead of having that time while everybody's there watching you in between pitches and I obviously I'm not saying you know this far better than I do I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're wrong no I I'm just saying right. as a fan it's totally something that I am thankful that the sport is moving towards what the fans have been asking for yeah and I, I think that that's important I, I do agree with that I think more my coral is that the communication level was wasn't quite there where we could have made a, a neutral thing work it was kind of we were told this is the way it's going to be this is how it's going to go and then on top of it there's going to be gray areas that you know we might work through we might you know there might be some some things that happen that arise that dictate a baseball game that you know 
I don't, I don't, I don't personally think that that it's. I don't like to dictate a baseball game by uh, a, a clock at the end of the day. That's my biggest thing. Now, if we can figure out a common ground where the clock is there, but maybe it doesn't interfere as much, that would have made more sense to me. Or worked into it where we started at you know maybe a 25 second clock or a base rate of a 20 second clock, and then seen where that data goes and then adjusted it again. But start at the latter instead of starting at the earlier point. Just, totally fair. just from that, it's it's an interesting thing, and I think it'll be good. I do agree with, I agree with you with the with the attention span, but I'm also a baseball purist, and like <laughs> something about showing up to a baseball park at seven o'clock, staying there for three three and a half hours, enjoying my experience, and being a part of that at the night where you get to experience a, a nice long night where you're with your friends or with your family and you're enjoying it. I think that's it's just something that we show up for. But I do agree when I show up to a an NBA game and it's an hour and it's 20-20-20 and it's really quick. It's it's a miraculous how quick it is. Yeah. So as long as we can kind of get the pace going, we can do certain things, which we, we do want to do. We want to make it as inter- entertaining as possible. Have people come to the, the games, watch the games, because we, we love the game. We want to share the game with everybody else. Well, sure. quick prediction, Nick. Do you think because of all that, this will be rocky in terms of players adjusting to the new rules? I, I would hope not. I think that we should be able to, as all, be able to do it. Um, I think that we're going to have moments that are, that are going to probably not be as, as pretty, but you know, I think it's going to be a, a work in progress. I just wish that we had maybe more time to figure it out or not as many penalties that we would have to deal with. I worry about the penalties. That's my only thing. I, hate, I really worry about an extra inning baseball game that's end like that. I just yeah. don't think it's fun. Well, great talking to you. Very insightful, and uh, k- kudos on your success so far with the Red Sox. We'll see you next month at spring training. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks Appreciate a lot. It. Nick Thanks. Pavetta, Thanks. Red Sox pitcher. Great talking to you. Here on the Kenny Curtis Show on WEI. We'll be right back. Well, it's official. Chris Curtis is the king of Springfield. Great job, Curtis, today. Talking baseball, hobnobbing with fans. Winter weekend, the Kenny Curtis Show on location. Nick Pavetta, good chat. A little uh, hearty baseball debate between you and Nick. I love it. On the I, pitch clock. Who it, would have it, expected that? It, it, the, the issue is is that while I totally understand Nick's love of baseball, you don't know anybody that sits for three hours and does anything. I mean, I don't care if it's the greatest concert you've ever been to. You're on your phone. You're doing something else. And... The NFL's constant ability to tweak what's already working to make it better is what's distanced itself from the every other sports league in America, not to mention once a week. But with, with baseball, we were down in Worcester yeah. last summer. Yeah, I saw Woosox game. I think Greg's pitch just hit home plate. <laughs> and we watched that game, and before I knew it, it was the sixth inning. It's, it is remarkable. With the pitch clock. But and do you understand what Pavetta's saying? Like, 15 seconds is a drastic Right, change. but guess what? I'd write you a shorter letter if I had more time. You have to plan. You have to think in advance. You have to say, okay, well, if, just like in a football game, on a two-minute drive, they have three plays called before the first plays run so that if it's a successful play, we do this. I'm going to hit my helmet. It means that. Baseball, okay, if we get to Aaron Judge in the eighth inning, we're up a run, bases loaded, two outs, and it's a full count, here's what I'm doing. So you which have is to, what you said to Pavetta, which was uh, something to behold, because basically you told him, you got to prepare harder. Right. Why don't you study? Well, why should I watch you do your work instead of you doing your work before I get to the game, then I'll just watch the game? But isn't there stuff you can't prepare for until you what? get What? Give in, me an example. So base is loaded. You face the batter that's at, at the plate right now twice in the game, and now you're thinking about his tendencies, and you got to 
reflect okay, back and so recall what happened. Okay, so guess what happened. happened. So in, after the seventh inning, you're in a place called the dugout <laughs> where you can talk to the catcher. Okay, judge is coming up. I've done these two things against him. They haven't worked. If the bases are full, what are we doing? Boom. Not to mention, are they uh, the, the uh, signs, the signals, are they... Are they in sync now with the news? This is signal? where you should do. You should do the um, the ear pods. You should have no. You should just be able to talk like it's the Apple tiniest, watch? the tiniest Bluetooth on the planet, like they had in the office, and just <laughs> use that. And then you can talk to Jim and Pam when they're in New York. Well, it's coming. Plus, speaking of AAA and the Woo Sox, Robot Umps this year. So okay, that is coming. Let's not soon. go crazy. What do robot you mean? Umps. Let's not. You don't want Robot Umps? What? After Laz Diaz screwed this team out of Game Four, is there going to be like a robot? Yes. Well, not not really. I mean, you could. So how do you know who's out or safe? They have they have an ump there to like help out, but you've got it's basically like tennis. You got the you know the eye in the sky. Okay, I mean if it's quicker, I'm for it. If it's well, I, it's definitely going to be quicker and more accurate. But you know, I, I um, old school football before they reviewed every touchdown, it did create more onus on the coaches to pick selectively instead of taking the time to review everything. It's one of the things that football's done wrong. Yeah. You should have to make, because you see how dumb coaches are. It's a big advantage, the people that review things. Look at Dan Quinn in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. He reviewed the element catch when everybody knew it was a catch. The second you saw the first replay, the ball didn't hit the ground. So in baseball, I, the reviews, if this is going to clean up the review system, that's good. But a huge part of baseball growing up was people losing their minds at the ump. I mean, who could forget Carl Everett or, you know, you know Schilling screaming at a guy? Or you had, you know, Francona literally looking like he's going to have a coronary. Out of the field. Yeah, but that's gone already. But I like that. That was a good thing. Well, baseball. that's already gone. So now we're just talking about balls and strikes, basically. Okay, then if you want to do – I don't think players will – they will strike if there's a robot calling balls and strikes. Well, maybe it may happen next year because it's coming. Now, we got a caller who disagrees robot with Robot umps are coming 100%? Well, they're in AAA this year. Okay. I, I, I've, I've not heard that – You just a... talked about the pitch clock last year when we went to a AAA game. Okay. It's I, here. Okay, so it's coming. Coop, is it coming? Robot umps? It's coming. Okay. Well, if Coop says it, I'm, I Laird like Coop right more again. than you. Let's go to John in the Cape, who thinks you're totally wrong about the pitch clock. Oh, Hi, John. Let me guys how old this guy is. 80. No, not hey, fair. Curtis. No, nope. 55. How you doing? 55. Oh, Stick that yep. in your pipe and smoke Just it. Just out of the demo. <laughs> Boy, you're the best, Curtis. You're so I love funny. you, but why am I wrong? I'd like to say this, Curtis. How long is your show on, on Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings? Well, without the commercials, it's about 20 minutes. It's, well, it's four hours. Right. Uh, so the, the hypocrisy, but anybody who's not watching What's hypocritical about John me being on the four stop, hours? Stop. What's hypocritical well, of me show. being on a four-hour show in a baseball hours. game going on forever? Well, nobody can sit down and, and watch anything for three hours, so shorten your show. No, Make because the point is to, the sh- people that average listen to our show listen for like an hour, and then new people come in and okay. out. But, so, but the, but the ending of the show is not required on you hearing the first five minutes like it is in a baseball game. That's not true, Kurt. That total curse. Anybody who's not watching the game because it's three and a half hours or three hours and four isn't all of a sudden going to watch because it's two hours and 50. They don't love baseball. They don't like it. I don't want those. I love an extra inning game. I love the 10 o'clock games on the West Coast. I like, I like what Pavetta was saying. And John, this, sadly. Yeah, John, go sadly. Go to another sport, Curtis. No, and, John, and you if know I can jump in for a second, Joe sir. Judge, when you just call Joe Judge an idiot and Patricia lifelong NFLers, Matt Jones is, is laughing at you. We don't have a quarterback. You can bring Joe Walsh out of the grave and, and, and Joe, Joe Walsh. Isn't it Jim Walsh? Uh, 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 the Walsh from San Francisco. Wait, wait, hold on. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Joe. Love the Eagles. John, no, don't you there? Hang up. I'm right can here, I, can Curtis. I jump in for a second? I listen to you every day, by the I way. Okay, I, got, I love you, too. You're good. I, I, go hang out. I don't 100%. love you, but I listen to you every day. Okay. I don't love you. I, I don't love myself, so I don't demand Nobody it from others. Curtis. So okay. the situation here is simple. Sadly, they have you, John. You're going to watch. You're going to go. You're going to consume baseball. 
what they're trying to do and what any successful business does is try and broaden the fishnet so they can bring in more people to bring in more money. And sadly, our attention spans are shrinking. Baseball games have been getting longer and longer, so the people that run the sport have decided they need to do something drastic to get more people watching for longer periods of time. Can I address that before you let me go? Mm -hmm. Baseball is the national pastime. It's called pastime for a reason. You don't have to watch every pitch. You go make a sandwich. You can watch the first three innings at home, go out for dinner, pick it up in the fifth inning at the the restaurant. It's a pastime. We don't want clocks on it. Okay. Uh, Listen, John, I, I, I don't dispute that you feel that way. I just think if I ran a business, I would run it thinking that I have you no matter what, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get more people watching and listening. I am a little unnerved to hear Pavetta talk about it, i got to admit. Like, they have somebody who's in the trenches. Obviously, he's got a bias because he's in the union, and he feels like they were pushed this way unfairly. Wait, wait sorry. Not to mention, I, I always get my best points when the conversation ends. Baseball, when John started listening and watching, watching it, was two and a half hours. Go back and look at the baseball reference time of World Series Game uh, 6, no. 75. The Red fifth... Sox, Yankees, 04. No. Nope, nope, Those nope. games were five hours. I'm talking about when he's 55. So when he was in the 70s growing up watching the, the Red Sox. 70s, not that old. I guess 80s. Go ahead. Okay. In 86, yes, okay? 86. Would, would he have been like 16 and 86? Okay, perfect. Okay, so the 86 World Series. Look at the time of those games against the Mets. They were two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So I think baseball is smart to go back to the speed of the game when John fell in love with it. Because the kids today aren't watching it the way John did, so they're making it more like it like the game when John was growing up falling in love with it. But to answer Pavetta's question, will you be uh, applauding basically delay of game penalties issued at critical moments of games this year? You'll be happy about that. Yes. Change isn't mm-hmm. easy. It's not clean. But... Thank God they are making changes so that more people watch a game that I love to watch. Let's go to Patrick and Drake it next on the Kenny Curtis Show. Hi, Patrick. Hey, guys. Yeah, What's the up? The problem is the umpires. They, they all have their own strike zones. There's scouting reports for each umpire. They all have their own bias. Expand the zone. Call a strike a strike and swing away. Let's, let's move on. Well, do you like the robot umps or no? No. Fire all the fire all the umpires. They all have their own biases. They all have their own zones. Expand the zone, and if it's close, call it a strike. All rookie umpires, everything close is a strike. Well, that's a little extreme. I like that. When I pitched in Little League, I always needed a big <laughs> strike zone. Let's go to Jerome in Situate. Oh, I love it. What's the saying today, Jerome? Okay, listen. Ken, are you there? I'm here. Unfortunately. All right, listen. Um, I got some things, a couple of things to say. Okay. Well, um, number one, I think the Sox, they're pitching. they got to get some more. But anyway, listen, your morning show, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Wiggy, Wiggy's the best. Coco, I love Coco. I'm not there who's the, uh, the unsung hero there. And I, and I never give – I don't usually give Curtis a, a big compliment, but I'm going to tell you, he's got some strong uh, ideas and stuff. And, and you know why Curtis gets away with what he does, which is not nothing bad? Here's a guy, we're in a blue-collar city, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's a guy that readily admits his social life was a mess, okay? He came back, he pulled himself up by the bootstrap. Him, Wiggy, and even Coco, they're blue-collar people. Yep. It's a blue-collar city, you know? I mean, that's why, that's why your show there is so... I wish I could give you credit for it, but I think <laughs> they were there before you got there. But... Um, the one guy you better watch out for is Greg Hill. 
he keeps trying to bait these guys and, and, and get them to badmouth you. But Curtis and Wiggy and Coco, for some reason, they stick up to you. Well, yeah, they're good friends. Yeah. Curtis is, the, is a very good friend. Yeah, Although you, you realize he's from Dover, Jerome. You know Curtis's full history and the trust yeah. fund that he's got waiting for him when he retires. Oh, oh. Look at the economy. It's not That's, quite what it was. We love Curtis because he knows both sides. He knows the rich side <laughs> and he knows the blue-collar side. He does not know the blue-collar oh side, God, Jerome. Blue-collar Curtis, that's what they call me. Well, we, we had a bit of blue-collar Fridays with Curtis for a reason. It is, it is so fascinating to watch a guy in Ken Laird who has had a meteoric rise in the radio business from Saturday producer to Saturday host and brand manager of WEEI. Mm-hmm. But you still grimace when there's the slightest sign of positivity directed at me. Well, I'm just going to correct BS. I mean, you're not a blue-collar guy. I am whatever whatever Jerome thinks I am. Why should I tell him how to think? Can we just yell at Heim for doing that? Let's go to Mike and Braintree here on the Ken and Curtis Show. i gotta get my, I got to go change my tire during this next break. <laughs> yeah, change your oil. Hi, Mike. What's up, boys? How are hey, you? Uh, just wanted to, I'm doing well, thanks. Just wanted to throw my two cents in as far as the conversation on the pitch clock. And that simply is the other side of the coin. I've got to be with Curtis here. It might actually cause the other uh, managers to actually have to work again instead of just being joysticks for the so-called nerds upstairs. You know, you're talking about these situations in late innings. It might even cause the other uh, teams to actually, actually watch some film on guys and, you know, for these 15-second situations. But, uh that's all. I just wanted to say that not only the obvious part where it's going to shorten the games, but I think it would make it more interesting. All right, Mike, That's thanks it. for the call. Well, we have Ortiz on in the noon hour. Do you recall Ortiz as a player and how different he has been of late advocating for the pitch clock? Cause I haven't heard he's been advocating. Yeah, he's like behind the changes. And when he was a player, he was railing on the potential because he, was, as much as anybody, was stepping out of the box uh, you know, adjusting the gloves, thinking about the next pitch, right. the pass pitch. But here's the thing, though. It's like we look back and think that's, you know, 04, 07 doesn't seem that long ago in many respects. Well, there was no, like, Twitter. There was no Facebook everywhere. There was no social media. There was like, That's why you need longer games, though, because you miss half the game looking at your phone and checking your Twitter account. No, look up, this game's going to be over. It, back then, the con- the contest was between... The game and someone calling you physically, you're like, "Hey, Chris, I'm at BC at this mod. Do you want to come? <laughs> I'm at the game. Talk to you later." Now you have literally a thousand things that you can watch instantly. Mm. Whether it's I have Netflix, HBO Max, I can do anything. Any like I can be on Twitter. I can find out anything that's going on in the world within a nanosecond. That wasn't the case when David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez were in the middle of the lineup with the Red Sox. That's how fast the social dilemma, the Netflix thing, did a great job on this. How fast. The speed of inter- the speed of the internet and the availability and pervasiveness of it versus the attention span and how there's never been anything like it in all of human history. Usually, are there gradual changes over many years and generations? The changes that have taken place in our lifetime have been exponentially more than in the prior two thousand whatever years in the United States and in the world. Yeah. Not the United States, in the world, obviously. <laughs> so the, the situation is that they need to make drastic changes to mirror those that have been ongoing. By the way, just to, for people who don't know what the rule changes are going to be this year, we're talking about them like it's, everybody knows, just to fill people in. Pitchers have 15 seconds to be into their delivery with the bases empty. When runners are on base, they get 20 seconds. Hitters must be in the box and alert, quote-unquote, alert to a pitch with eight seconds remaining or a strike could be called on the hitter. Also, four players in the infield, two on either side of second base. Because Stig has to be alert? <laughs> he does. Oh. Infielders cannot switch sides between pitches and 
pitchers are limited to stepping off the rubber twice per plate appearance unless the runners advance. So yeah, that's and, all going in. And you know what's good about this is that it's creating conversation about baseball that's not about a strike or about a PED. It's about the actual game. And there will be competing IDs, and there's going to be – there will be a game, maybe Red Sox-Yankees, where Pavetta or someone gets screwed up by these new rules and the fans are all up in arms. But he's going to lose it, by the way. But that's Just great. Listening to Pavetta, he's going to go ballistic if he loses a game on that. Do you know what the most watched Super Bowl was in the last 30 years? Patriots-Seahawks. You want to know why? Because for two weeks before the game – Every network of every channel with every background was talking about Deflategate. It brought in all these people that may not have been watching the game in the first place. Yeah, still making a sideshow. That's Controversy the is good. Let's go to Tom in. Uh, where's Tom? Tom, are you in Mass? I can't, I can't click Tom. Rehoboth. Hello, Tom. Tom and Wareham. Oh, hi, Tom. Oh, no, okay, so yeah, I agree with Curtis. My, my whole point is this. Whatever John was talking about, John needs to go back to stop being a purist. You do need to bring in the pitch clock. You do need to bring in, you know, things that actually accentuate the, the baseball game because you want to bring in more people to watch the game. I mean, I was working with a 22-year-old, like, uh, last summer, and I was talking to him about baseball, and he was like, wait, you actually watched the whole game? Like, they don't care. They actually just watch on YouTube and whatever. They don't, they're, they're just, they watch the highlights, and that's it. They're not watching a whole game. They're not going in and tuning in. Yeah. And thank you. Thanks for the call. By the way, do you think the Red Sox have enough home run power this year to appease the fans and this young fan base? That requires yeah. out-of-your-seat moments. I, I honestly, I don't care as much about, you know, we all remember the chicks dig the lawn ball thing. But I, if they're winning, it doesn't really matter. Mm. I really don't. I, if, if the they t- missed Schwarber this year in that sense, though. They missed that threat of the bomb. Right. They missed Schwarber because of the personality he had, not simply. Eh, the home runs. Boy, he had some. Remember in that Astros series they had grand slams and back-to-back games? There I, were some I, I do. big it, moments. It was unbelievable. That, I remember Devers, the Astros, they were down one game to none. They were getting killed in game two, if I remember correctly, and they came back on a big grand slam by J.D. Martinez in that game. It was, yeah, right. So, so I'm worried that Devers is going to get pitched around with this lineup. Okay. I'm not, worried. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm worried about the team Season's winning. coming. We're a month away. Okay, so I don't think they should pitch around them. Okay. 617-779-7937. David Ortiz in the noon hour, if you care to weigh in on the pitch clock. Curtis is loving the new rule changes. Nick Pavetta didn't love it when he joined us. How bad is Bradford going to be begging to be near the set when David Ortiz steps up He's here? on the set. He's going to be on in the noon hour. Rob's sitting in with us. Oh, I didn't. you didn't make me aware of that. Yep. Bradford joins us for the full noon hour. Also, he's giving away books or selling books. Is he selling them or giving them away? Did he actually sell two did copies? He, how much did he pay you to carry that? He gave it away. Oh, that's pathetic. Yeah. Should be right. selling those puppies. Good. This is good. I'll get like home by 30 bucks on Amazon. I'll get home before 2. All right. Right back. No, I mean, I don't think anybody's really thrilled with changing a game and and not really being able to have a, a certain say in it at the end of the day, especially if you're the one competing on the field and not a lot of input is put into that. So it's, it's kind of a dicey situation, but the league puts themselves in that situation all alone. Nick Pavetta earlier this hour talking about the dicey situation the league has put them in and the fan base, I guess, the game in. They put the game in a dicey situation with these pitch clock changes. He has a future, by the way. He He's is very smart. Good. My yeah, lord. He should. Uh, who a, who but, asked him about the pitch clock, by the way? Yours truly. Best question of the day. Unbelievable. You just groveled at Sam's feet. I'm not going to be baited <laughs> into being miserable. Um, but that's an example, Ken, of what's wrong we got a unicycle here. 
Nice job by we that ha- guy. Okay, we have officially flipped bodies. Okay, so... Well, there's a lot of squirrel moments here at the winter weekend at Springfield. A lot happening. I'm just trying to get through a 30-second point. Can you make you can... a point, please? We should know more should about him. have a pitch him. clock on your points so you can get him out quicker. Okay. Thank God it's just Diet Coke in front of me. He <laughs> is someone the Red Sox should be more have more front-facing. He is smart. He gives a damn. He's an, He's emotional on the mound. And he, there's a lot of there there. He's mm-hmm. opinionated on things. He's very well spoken. I think that he, they would be well served in making Nick Pavetta more available. Like he's if he a keeper. A, if, why can't we get him on the Greg Hill show every week? That'd be a great spot. I think it would be actually. I mean, that's the first I've actually heard him speak ever. I mean, I've heard him in like a post game show setting, but really talk and from you know just casual and. And I wasn't going to belabor the point, but he seemed to engage, and it was good. It was not you know. I, I think that the the audience won with that conversation. Well, you insulted British Columbia to start that. I, I mean, I, I hate BC. I, I've lost control of the call screeners. So Joe, can you pull up uh, who are we going to next here? Is this Eric and Lubbock? Hi, Eric. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. It's great to uh, hear you all out at the uh, Winter Fan Fest. That's awesome. Uh, Thanks, briefly, Curtis, please make sure to bring Wiggy and Greg back a uh, Richard's Grinders meatball sandwich and uh, <laughs> a, nice, a nice tasty frap. I'm sure the both of them would appreciate it. Eric, it is um, truly so- unbelievable because if you ever doubted the the uh, the nature and the expanse of the Greg Hill Show audience, I have been told, I am not exaggerating, over ten times that the place we had dinner or lunch after our first road show out here mm-hmm. was at the Red Rose Awesome Pizza Spot. Wiggy paid for it, yep. if I recall. Yes, he did. And That's on the menu there... We're grinders, and Wiggy's whole <laughs> point go. is that he's never seen grinder. So anyway, that's been made clear to me by the, all the lovely people in Western Mass. But uh, carry on, Eric. What's your point? Well, I listen to you on on the weekdays, and I listen to you on the weekends. So I appreciate it. Um, Thanks. Devers is going to get pitched around a lot. Um, there's there's holes up and down the lineup, unfortunately. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of uh, you know two out singles and doubles by him. He's not going to get a lot of balls he can pull. Um, you know, so you're going to have a guy on second with two out, and then the next guy is going to fly out. Um, I'm hopeful, but I think the best thing for the Red Sox is for the, the Celtics and Bruins to make a long, deep run, which masks <laughs> a bad start. And then early uh, happy chatter about the Patriots in July. It really means we only have to pay uh, attention to the Sox for about six weeks. And that might be too much given this team. But look, you guys do a great job. I love the Greg Hill show. I love this show on Saturdays. So I appreciate it and uh, enjoy a good grinder. Thanks, guys. Uh, Have a good thank one. you, Eric. Very nice. Thank you, Eric. Now, they signed Jorge Alfaro to a minor league deal. I'm not sure if Eric's aware of that. So. Yeah, I mean, By the way, the over-under is 84.5 wins. That is stunning. Based on the negativity, the perceived negativity, Vegas thinks this team will be a playoff team. But, but why, why would... Why did I see 76.5? Was that not accurate, the Caesars one that I saw? I don't think. I'm, I'm looking at one from recently. Let's go to the – we've got to get the BetMGM app or the FanDuel app. Yeah. But the I, one uh, I'm reading is, is is high. So, I mean, this was – who knows? The MGM, knows? by the way, if you get a chance before you head home, the MGM Casino, which is totally reeling after my performance there last night, <laughs> has the uh, setup of the new sports book that's about to begin, in, I think, next week, correct? The 30th? Well, the, yeah, the 31st is the open of the brick-and-mortar casinos, yes. So this so is this the brick-and-mortar casino. Yep. And so uh, really cool how they sort of redid the whole thing. And um, they basically... Uh, Not the casino, the sports book The sports book yeah. element yes. of the casino. Yeah. Like, so I remember oh, nice. we went to one. It doesn't matter. We don't need to badmouth it. But we went to one years ago. 
when the Rhode Island had opened up, and it wasn't even in the same stratosphere. I mean, this thing looks awesome. And I'm getting a tour next week of uh, Win with my old friend Joe. Ooh. So I'll get a good look-see at what's going on there. I noticed ever since I took Joe's old title, you're, like, chumming up to Joe yep. quite a bit. Well, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> Let's go. Whoa, quick uh, NFL uh, nugget from our man Shefty. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan has said that Jimmy Garoppolo has an outside chance to be ready for the title game if they were to advance. Could you imagine Brock Purdy wins the next two games, Jimmy G gets the start and throws a back-breaking pick, and they don't win the Super Bowl? I can see that. I'm rooting for that so hard. I'm going to hate watch. I'm going to hate watch Jimmy G. God, that guy is overrated. Our coverage of the NFL playoffs. We've got all four play-by-play games via Westwood One this weekend on WEI. What's Brought to you pro- by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of the hundred authentic pro football jerseys. What's the point of saying that? He then follows it up though by saying there's a better chance for him to be ready in the Super Bowl if the Niners could get that far. Wait, I thought that's what we were talking about. He said outside chance to be ready for the NFC title game next week. Oh, I thought you said the title game. Uh, Outside chance next week, better chance for Super Bowl. Okay, this is why I I always get in this position where I'm defending Bill Belichick against nothing, but Bill Belichick was right. What's the upside of saying this? (laughs) Why would you introduce this? Yeah, it is strange. You haven't even won tomorrow. Yeah, what's the point of that? He's trying to light a fire under Purdy? Holy cow. Like... This is why Kyle Shanahan's advantage offense, Eagles. his offense, Next week. schematically, is brilliant. Maybe advantage Cowboys. Do you see Dallas pulling the upset on that? Not before I heard this. Like, this is, unless it's Jimmy G, who we know he's close with Donnie and Schefter, are tight. So if, if this was his side leaking it, that's one thing. But the fact that Shanahan said this publicly? This goes back to the Buster Olney quote, talking about Hein Bloom talking too much about the Mookie Betts thing. Sometimes it's better not to say anything. But this is just something that's literally not on the minds of anybody. Right. Purdy is a sensation. He's Mr. Irrelevant into Mr. Re- you know, Mr. Everything. He's been great in all these games. Blew out Brady in San Francisco. Was anybody thinking about Jimmy G? Wow, that's something. All right, Bradfield joins us in the noon hour. Also, David Ortiz, Red Sox legend, expected to be here yep. around 1245. First thing to David Ortiz, so my associate Ken here says that the miss, your effing city quote, not very important in the history of the Red Say Sox. That. I said the Grand Slam I thought was. Yep, that's what you said, verbatim. Can you also give a little praise here to Doug Lane, the admiral who has been here yesterday, today, two days in Springfield. Great audio, great setup by Doug as always. We appreciate his fine work. All the time on these road trips. Duck and I are great. We've been, I've, I've been very complimentary. You really have. You guys have turned a corner. I mean, yeah, God, it know, used to be a little just, rough. Just two old booze bags chilling. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs>